You're invited to get out your Bible or Bible app and go to today's reading from the Old Testament book of Ruth, chapter 3. Bibles are available on the backs of the chairs, and they're free for the taking if anyone needs one. And now today's scripture reading, Ruth, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Now here's our kinsman Boaz, with whose young women have been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself and put on your best clothes and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, and he will tell you what to do. She said to her, all that you say I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had instructed her. When Boaz had eaten and drunk and was in contented mood, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came stealthily and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and there lying at his feet was a woman. He said, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth. Your servant spread your cloak over your servant, for you are next of kin. He said, May you... Be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. This last instance of your loyalty is better than the first. You have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. stuff. Good morning. My name is Kathy Nagley Delgado, if you and I have not yet met. I am a certified lay minister and a member here at Morningstar. It is my privilege to be here with you this chilly morning. This morning, we are continuing our series on the mothers of Jesus. And I have the privilege of talking to you about Ruth. We are exploring the only five women who are named in Matthew's listing of Jesus' genealogy. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Mary. Now, Amy has shared with you the stories and lessons of Tamar and Rahab. And this morning, I'm going to share with you some of Ruth's story. Now, before I get started, I know that Amy has given out highlighters, right, for your Bibles. And as I watched her sermon online last week, I also noticed that she really had you flipping around in those Bibles. And uh, so this week, I have a gift for you, and my gift for you is sticky notes. So Amy and Johnny are coming around with these sticky notes. Take one, and you can use them as bookmarks in those Bibles that you're flipping through. 
And while those are coming around, speaking of those Bibles, let's get our Bibles to Matthew. So head over to the New Testament and we'll go back to Matthew where we've been, you know, checking out this list of genea- of the of names in the genealogy each week. And so as we turn to that, we see in verse 5, let's we're going to start at verse 5. Right at the beginning, chapter 1, verse 5. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Ah, That's the verse we talked about last week, right? Now, to complete verse 5 and then continue through to 6. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. So, spoiler alert, at the end of this story, Ruth marries Rahab's son, Boaz, okay? So, Ruth marries Rahab's son, Boaz. And they bear a son, they have a son, Obed. Now, if you have highlighters too, okay, if you have your highlighter, you can go ahead and highlight the rest of verse 5 and verse 6. And this will be a great place to use one of those sticky notes to mark your place in the Bible. I'm pretty sure Amy's going to take you back there again next week. (laughs) If you are using one of the Bibles from the seat back in front of you, that is totally fine. Mark those pages. Those Bibles are not for show, they're for use, okay? So Steve read for us a passage from the book of Ruth. And now we are definitely going to dive into some more of that story. So come along with me back to the Old Testament. All the way on the other end. You're going to find Ruth, the book of Ruth, if you haven't already, about a third of the way through the Old Testament after Joshua and Judges, and immediately before Samuel. The Old Testament books are generally in our Bible arranged chronologically, and Ruth's story takes place during the time of Judges. And actually, some people believe that Samuel may have been the author of the book of Ruth. So that's where we find her story. Her story is actually quite ordinary. (laughs) It is marked by tragedy, for sure. But on the surface of it, she is simply a foreign widow who has nothing. And yet, we find her named in the lineage of Jesus. So let's try to find out how her life becomes so important that it's included in the Bible, a whole book, and her name is listed in Jesus' ancestry. So, are we at the beginning of Ruth, everybody? Who's got your... Okay. As the book begins, we learn that Naomi and her husband and two sons left Bethlehem and went to Moab because of a severe famine. Now, this was no small thing. Israel and Moab were enemies. The famine must have been very severe indeed for them to do this. 
but the move to Moab brought its own troubles. Naomi's husband dies, leaving her a widow. Then her sons marry Moabite women. It was, that's eminently practical. I mean, that's where they were living. But it was still challenging because Moabites were excluded, excluded from the Jewish community. And then, after 10 years, both of Naomi's sons die, leaving her alone except for her daughters-in-law, who were not in any way beholden to her. So with no husband and no sons, her future was grim, and her situation was desperate. And it is in this rather bleak scenario that we meet Ruth. Ruth is one of Naomi's daughters-in-law, now herself a destitute Moabite widow. So let's go to verse 7 there in chapter 1. Naomi has decided to return to Israel, and the three women are setting out. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them and they wept aloud. They said to her, no, we will return with you to your people. What do you feel when you hear that passage? What, what's going on with these women? There's so much love there, right? Naomi is sending them away, despite the additional hardships that that will mean for her. With her blessings, may the Lord deal kindly with you. The Lord grant that you may find security. She wants God to be with them. And they both say, no, we're not leaving you. They cry together. And Naomi pleads with them to go. Finally, one of them relents. But Ruth continues to insist that she stay with Naomi. And she makes this incredible pledge, starting in verse 16. Do not press me to leave you, to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. And your God shall be my God. Those are powerful words. It was a bold declaration of loyalty. Embracing a faith that was not originally one's own at that time was unheard of. One's ethnic identity established one's religious persuasion. End of story. That's it. So Ruth is adopting a people and their God, a new identity and a new faith. 
think it's amazing. This is a Bible. You can tell it's really old. I'll tell you how old. This is a prayer book. It's an Episcopal prayer book. Both of these, this was given to me by my father. This was given to me by my grandfather. Both on the same day, All Saints Day, when I was 16 years old, and I was confirmed by a bishop in the Episcopal Church with my father at his side. I am certainly a Christian by choice, right? I mean, I'm years old, and (laughs) I wouldn't still be doing this if I didn't believe what I was talking about. But let's be honest, I'm also a Christian because my parents are Christians. If my parents had been Jewish, I would be Jewish. And if my parents were Muslim, I would no doubt be Muslim. Our parents are how most of us come to learn about faith. But not everyone. And I am so inspired by those who are not brought up in a tradition of faith and find another way to God. Ruth was not brought up to believe in God, but Ruth came to know God through Naomi. What a remarkable example of faith Naomi must have been to Ruth. I mean, Ruth is leaving her family, her culture, her home, to be with Naomi and commit herself to God. Clearly, God was at the center of Naomi's relationship with her daughters-in-law. And now, Ruth was choosing to put God at the center of her own life. It was a life-changing, life-giving choice. Rooted not in practicality, not even in sentimentality, but in hope. Hope in a deep and affirming faith in God. And as Ruth moved forward, her choices continued to reflect the centrality of God in her life. Already, she had chosen to stay with Ruth, even though going back to her own family would have been much much easier. In the days that followed, she continued to show loyalty to Naomi. She worked hard, like laboring all day, picking up grain left behind by the harvesters so that she and her mother-in-law wouldn't starve. She acted with integrity and character in her day-to-day life and came to be a well-loved member of her Jewish community, not excluded anymore, but celebrated. In the actions she takes to support Naomi, she meets Boaz, who turns out to be a relative of Naomi. And he is a generous and kind person. In the scripture passage that Steve read, When Ruth asks Boaz to spread his cloak over her, she is asking him to marry her. 
Ruth acts boldly and with integrity in going to Boaz. He recognizes this in his statement. May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. This last instance of your loyalty is better than the first. And learning of Ruth and Naomi's situation, he willingly takes on the role of family redeemer. He marries Ruth, and they have a son, Obed, who becomes the grandfather of David. And that is the story of Ruth. There is no burning bush. God's voice does not thunder down from the heavens. There's no dramatic miracle like the parting of the Red Sea. It is the story of ordinary people in difficult circumstances navigating life's challenges by centering God in their lives. The final verses of the book of Ruth, 18b to 22, if you want to check it out, lists the descendants of Perez through to David, just as they are then listed by Matthew in his genealogy of Jesus. If you want to check it out, you can compare the two. They are identical, but for what? The naming of Rahab and Ruth. To me, this reinforces the idea that the naming of these five individual unique women by Matthew was not for historical or factual reference, that would not have been necessary. But for a different purpose. Each of these women were important to the story of Jesus, to knowing who Jesus was and why he was the fulfillment of Hebrew prophecy. In Ruth, we see a person bravely choosing to follow God in the face of other easier choices, followed by a life that echoed that choice, reflecting God's love by putting the needs of the most vulnerable ahead of her own, by living with integrity, and by continuing to act with courage as she is guided by the God she believes in. Remind you of anybody? Jesus, maybe? It may be hard to think of Jesus as having choices, but he was fully human, right? As well as being fully divine. And part of being human is having free will, right? And if Jesus had free will, he had choices. And so time and time again, we see him bravely choosing to follow God in the face of other easier choices. He reflected God's love by putting the needs of the most vulnerable ahead of his own. He lived with integrity. And he acted with courage as he was guided by the God he not only believed in, but knew deeply. I like to think that Ruth could have been an inspiration to Jesus. 
he could have looked to her story in the writings of the Hebrew Bible, which we know he spent a lot of time with. We know he knew that, that, that Bible. He could have looked to her story and drawn strength and comfort from her steadfast faithfulness, her sacrifices, and her care for others. From Ruth, Jesus could be reminded that God lifts up the most unlikely people for God's purpose. So maybe Peter really would grow into a role of authority. From Ruth, Jesus could be reminded that God chose a Moabite widow to marry the son of Rahab the Canaanite and become Jesus' own ancestor. Hmm. So maybe the outcasts and the foreigners really did need a place at his table. And when I say Jesus, I mean us too. Ruth can be an inspiration to all of us. Ultimately, Ruth teaches us all that choosing God invites God to be at work in our lives. And as we continue to put God in the center of our lives, we allow God to guide our choices. And then as our trust in God grows, we too can reflect God's love by putting the needs of the most vulnerable ahead of our own, by living with integrity, and by continuing to act with courage as we are guided by the God we believe in. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together in your name. We are grateful for your presence in our lives. May Ruth be an inspiration to us as we seek to center you day to day in our ordinary and yet extraordinary lives. Amen.